You are listening to the Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZWLP Conroe and 106.1 KZCCLP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is the weekly business hour, and of course, I'm Rick Schussler, your host. I'm a Silver Fox advisor and the founder of OneBestConsult.com, and I want to welcome you, personally welcome you to the show today. I think we've lined up another wonderful show, very educational, lots of good tips and ideas, and we've got a wonderful guest, Terry Weaver, to continue a conversation about leadership philosophy. So I hope you'll stay with us the entire show, but don't forget, if you don't, we have a podcast. It's posted by Wednesday of each week. You go back and re-listen or listen to parts that you might miss out on. So I encourage you, go to our podcast, Weekly Business Hour. Go to Facebook. Go to uh, anywhere on the Internet, in any social media, YouTube. You will find a page or a channel for the Weekly Business Hour. First of all, I want to thank our host. That's the OneBestConsult.com. I mentioned that to you earlier. That's where you can go at any time and find what I call common sense business advice for the business owner. And I question you, where else can you find simple, common-sense business advice? Ask yourself that question, get a little curious, and go take a look at that site. It's one, that's the number one, bestconsult.com. Check it out. Join the community of like-minded business people there. We share with one another. I also offer my professional services as a mentor and business advisor, if you're interested in that, so you can get information there about that as well. So please join us at one, the number one, bestconsult.com. Com. I also want to remind us as we start, somebody pointed out, I forgot to remind everybody last week, but we're broadcasting live on Facebook. So if you've got a Facebook account, open up to the weekly business hour. So you not only can hear Terry and I and the other people that join our show, but you also can watch us in action. Go to Facebook, the weekly business hour page. Before we get started, I want to do a quick shout out, as I call them, for the Conroe Symphony. They're one of our local Nonprofits, they've done a wonderful job bringing beautiful music and promoting the arts in our community. They've got their annual holiday celebration concert coming up here, and I want to put it out there to you in case you live in the Montgomery County area. December 8th, 7.30 p.m. at Conroe High School. If you don't know where the high school, it's located at 3200 West Davis. That's just that's Highway 105 in Conroe, so if you come from out of the area, just take 45, 105, take left, Head west, and the high school is on your right down a couple miles. They're going to have a fantastic concert this year. A soprano soloist, soloist, excuse me, Lindsay Russell will join as a vocal accompaniment to the symphony orchestra. And I would encourage you to come out and see it. If you need tickets, call 936 760 2144 or simply go to their website, www.conroesymphony.org, for more information. And I look forward to seeing you there. I know my wife and I will be there on the front row looking to enjoy the great music and get into the season. Well, let's get back to the business at hand, the weekly business hour. I want to remind you that if you have a question during the course of the show or want to talk to me uh, about anything, even about your own business, you can drop me an email. It's very simple. Just send me an email at one, number one, bestconsult at gmail.com. That's the way to reach us. Let us know if, what's on your mind. Again, comments about the show or even a question about your own business. And at this point, I want to encourage you, sit back, grab your pad and pencil, and get ready to take notes as we talk about everything business right here on the Weekly Business Hour. And at this point, I want to introduce our studio guest. I want to re-welcome, welcome back, Terry Weaver of the Vell Institute. 
back to the show as part of our Soups to Nuts conversation. Terry's been discussing the topic of leadership philosophy, too, and today we're doing part two of a three-part series. During the second episode, we'll be discussing what it takes for a great leader to develop the right culture. Terry, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me on the show, Rick. Appreciate well, let's it. kick it off this morning. I, I, you know, I listened to the tape of last week. You had some wonderful comments, some wonderful ideas for people that need to develop their leadership qualities to lead their businesses, lead their families, lead their communities. Uh, let's do a quick rehash, if you don't mind, in case someone missed the show last week, last week and hadn't had a chance to listen. Uh, give us a quick recap on some key points. Yeah, I think the, a question that every leader has to answer is what will people think? Before you step out and lead, you have to be able to answer that question. And sometimes you have to ignore the, the possible answers. So uh, leadership takes courage. There's a great quote by Anais Nin. It says, life expands and contracts in proportion to one's leadership. Life expands and contracts in proportion to one's leadership. It takes leadership and courage to step out and lead. So we got to answer that question. Um, what will people think if I step out and lead? There's a, a really good couple foundational books that I want to mention. One of them is Daring Greatly by Brene Brown. The other one is Show Your Ink. I brought them both with me to the studio. Um, really good foundational books. In the opening of Daring Greatly, there is a... Uh, speech that was given by Teddy Roosevelt. You don't have to buy the book. Look it up. It's called The Man in the Arena. Are you familiar with it? I've heard about that speech. Yes, okay. I'm reading in history. Check it out. So essentially the message is, and this is a recap of last week, essentially the message is, is it takes courage and that leaders have to make a decision. They're going to either be the man in the arena facing the bull, or they're going to be in the crowd in the audience watching the leader face the bull. And a leader believes that it's better to be facing the bull than it is to be sitting back, relaxing, watching the show. They're out there. They'd rather be bloodied and marred. And they don't care what the critics say. They're going to step out in front and do what they're going to do. So I think that's a, a really good summary of last week. Um, I don't want to recover all the points. I think people should go back and listen to it because this, this series builds. Okay, We started off with the most important topics, got through about four or five of them, and we're going to build on that today. Well, I agree with you. And one thing I want to mention at this point, and I'll mention it a number of other times, is we're going to put this series together as long as, as well as some of our other series, put them in one condensed version of a podcast, and it'll be published. And so if people happen to want to sit down, listen all the way through, or listen, stop, go, whatever, it'll be easy to do it. No commercial breaks, be a condensed version, but that'll be to come. So Terry, let's start about today. Let's start talking about, uh, you made a comment, leaders, uh, they need to be willing to work harder for their people. There are people willing to work for them. Now, talk about that a little bit, if you would. Yeah, I first heard this from General uh, Hummer, and he spent 41 or 42 years in the U.S. Marine Corps. He, uh, he left the military as a, as a three-star general, okay? And he explained that leaders essentially set the culture. You, there, there's a law called the Law of the Lid. Maxwell describes this. And essentially, no one in your organization or your team or your company will ever surpass the lid. And the lid is the leader. So if you want your people working hard, you have to set the example, period. And the way to get your business to expand is to show people how to work. They're going to follow you. Whether you believe it or not, they're watching. They're watching your example. So um, there's a couple ways you can create a culture. And, and cultures are going to be created, period, whether you are intentional about them or not. The way to create a culture is by setting out standards. 
putting standards out there for your people and you following them too. Because if you don't follow your own standards, there's a lack in integrity there. So set the culture, build the culture that you want your organization to have. The, the uh, culture in a company is just like the, frame, the leadership framework. So a culture in a company is just like our personal leadership philosophy or framework. We're going to build it. We're going to set it. We're going to hold people to standards. And that's how our company will operate. We've got to be intentional about setting that. Now, one of the things you talk about, and to me, it's one of the critical, at least in my opinion, of course, there's lots of leadership philosophies out there, lots and lots and lots and lots more. But the thing, one of the key cornerstones, in my opinion, is the example. And we've always heard, set an example. Talk about that a little bit, because I have a thought I'd like to share with you once you go through what you have. Yeah, my friend and mentor, Bob Koenig um, of Andrew Coaching, he says, and, and this is a, uh, something that he gathered from another leader, he says, more is caught than taught. There's a lot of seminars out there. There's college classes, but more is caught than taught. That means the people around us are going to catch more from our example than they are from us getting up behind a podium and lecturing to them. That's the power of our example. I think there, there are different philosophies. And one philosophy says delegate everything and, and be in this command and control mindset where you just push information down to people. And I think that creates distance between the leader and the follower. And that creates, it creates a distant culture. I've worked in companies where I interfaced with my boss and he taught me how to do what I needed to do and how he led on a daily basis. And that was great. And I've also been in companies where I just got emails, hey, do this, do this. And, and, and it was a very distant relationship. I had no relationship really with my leader. So I think that you have to be with and for your people as a leader. That's very, very important. There's one more tip, and this came from a master chief. I still know him. He's a good friend of mine. Uh, his name is Master Chief, uh, chief Al Letting, and he talks about deck plate leadership. This is a concept from the Navy. And once you become a chief in the Navy, in the, in the enlisted ranks, you're expected to exhibit deck plate leadership. And that's getting out on the deck with the seamen, walking around, talking to them, caring about them, and setting an example for them, being out and among your people. You know, I, I'm a big believer in this example thing. As I promised, I had a comment. As I was reading through the information for today's program, preparing for the program, I thought about the example. And to me, that's just, I don't care where you see yourself as a leader. Uh, some people... I don't want to be out front. Yeah, I do. But the example of the leader, of an owner, of a head, of a family, a business, your example is being watched all the time by those you're seeking to lead. And I think some of the younger generation particularly have been caught up and they end up putting themselves out there perhaps on social media and so on and so forth in ways that they don't think about. What kind of example am I setting for those that are following me? And again, different audiences, different groups, but we've got to be careful. And that's a warning I give to all my clients, but I particularly look at my younger clients who are used to putting their life out there, which is fine. I'm not, I'm not trying to criticize, but our example, we're watched all day long. That's right. And, and we're, everybody's leading somebody. Right. And I think that's important. If we think about that, I think we'd have a better world. Let's go on a little bit about... One of the things you talk about, and I really feel is important, I agree with you 100% on this, as I do on a lot of these issues, is the integrity, the foundational issue of integrity in being a leader. Talk to us a little bit about that, if you would. Yeah, I believe the core of the leader is his, his or her integrity, period. 
Um, a great working definition of integrity, and this was told to me by a friend named, uh, one of my friends named Andre. He said that a leader with integrity is the same person at all times. He doesn't take off the leadership hat uh, when he steps through the door at home. He doesn't take, he doesn't put it back on when he goes to work. A leader is the same person at all times. He treats uh, his kids, his employees, his wife, his friends with the same leadership qualities. If you can't do that, you become fractured. If you say, well, I'm going to be one person at work and one person at home, you become a fractured leader. And that's tough to compartmentalize that. You're kind of putting on a, a, a hat and you're playing a show. You're playing a show and somebody else is, uh, it's just, it's really tough to do. So a leader, I believe with integrity is the, the foundation of, of a leader and a leader is the same person at all times. Well, you know, you make a, a great point. We've got to go to break, believe it or not now, but come back. Let's touch on that. The fact that it fractured just a second on that and see what that means. Because I think the idea that I'm putting on a show and sometimes I fall out of character and boy, what a mistake, what a problem. Ladies and gentlemen, please stay with us. We'll be right back. We're going to continue this conversation about leadership philosophy with Terry Weaver. So please stay with us. We'll be right back with you. Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's radio station with talk, music, weather, and traffic for Montgomery County. Have a question or comment about one of our shows? Want to know how to reach a host? Just contact the station at IRLoneStar.com or call in and leave a message at 936-647-3776. Get involved with your community with Lone Star Community Radio. Health Center Southeast Texas is a federally qualified health center. We accept Medicare, Medicaid, and most major private insurances. For our self-pay patients, we have a sliding scale discount program available. Our health centers have qualified providers and staff striving every day to provide the best quality of care to our patients. Services offered are family medicine, behavioral health services, telepsychiatry, and pediatrics. We have four area locations. Look at the Health Center Southeast Texas online at hcset.com. The Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service has been dedicated to educating Texans for over a century. In 1915, the Extension Program was established under the federal Smith-Lever Act to deliver university knowledge and agricultural research findings directly to the people. Ever since, AgriLife Extension programs have addressed the emerging issues of the day, serving diverse populations across the state. Texans turn to Extension for solutions in horticulture, agriculture, 4-H and youth, and family and consumer sciences. Extension agents respond not only with answers, but also with resources and services that result in significant returns on investment to boost the economy. Join us Fridays at 1 o'clock for the AgriLife Extension Hour. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to the Weekly Business Hour. I'm Rick Schisler, your host, and we're having, a, I think, a great conversation here with Terry Weaver, our guest in our Soup to Nuts conversation this week on Leadership Philosophy Part 2. You know, Terry, before we went to the break, I, I brought up the issue of integrity again because I, again, I feel very strongly that integrity is a, a, just an important part of someone's character, their philosophy, and they can build from it and do so many things. 
let's continue that conversation a little bit on integrity. You got a couple more thoughts you'd like to share? Yeah, and I've, I've, I've dealt with this kind of in my own evolution. I've, I've tried to be a leader at work, and when I came home, I, I just decided to kind of put that on the shelf. And like I said, you become a fractured leader. And things did fall apart for me uh, about five years ago. So I, I understand this, and I've made changes in my life. And I, I understand that I got to be the same person at all times. Otherwise, there's a fracture like we talked about. And the truth is, is your leadership and your action, the way you act and your character, they, came, they, they come from the core of your being. There's a proverb that says, as a man thinketh, so is he. So all of our actions flow from our inner thoughts, our heart. I think that's very, it's very important for us to understand. As a man thinketh, so is he. Our integrity comes from our core. Our leadership comes from our core. Sometimes we need to polish that up. That's where integrity, having integrity, maintaining integrity comes from. Is that kind of like having one of those conversations, looking in the mirror in the bathroom in the morning and convincing yourself that you need to, your word polish up? I like that word. That's right. Yeah, I think we can always polish ourselves up, reevaluate, set new goals. And I, th- and I encourage people, don't, don't, because I had a tendency to do this on any on different issues like this. Don't fret over it. Mm-hmm. Have the conversation. Try it. And keep moving. That's right. No doubt about it. Let's, let's talk a little bit about the, uh, the, we've got the integrity thing and the idea about values and principles in leadership. Where does that all come into putting together our leadership philosophy? Well, we've given you some, we've given the, the audience some tips on, on what a leadership philosophy is, what it takes to become a leader. But ultimately, the people who are listening who want to develop their own leadership philosophy, they're going to have to strip what's useful out of our philosophy, our conversation, and develop their own. And the best way to go about doing that is by looking at your own values and pulling your values and building your leadership philosophy around that, okay? Um, I believe, and this, this is said by Stephen Covey, there's, there's two ways, actually, there, there's only a couple ways to make improvements, okay? One is to make commitments and keep them. So one, make commitments and keep them. That goes back to integrity. And two is to set goals and achieve them. If you can get those down, you can do a ton. But all that flows from our values. So when you're designing your own leadership philosophy, you need to pull out your values, what's most important to you, what do you hold dear, and then create your leadership philosophy from that. Um, I got to touch on emotions because emotions will lead us astray. Emotions will lead us astray. When you asked me to do this interview, I thought about it for a while and I said, okay, let's do it. Let's, let's help people develop a leadership philosophy. And then life got busy. Life got busy and I thought, man, I don't have time for this. I had to go back to my values, back to my integrity and say, I've, I've set a commitment and I got to follow it. So that, that, that's a part of creating your leadership philosophy. What are, you, what are you willing to give on a little bit? What are you willing to bend on a little bit? But what are you not willing to? What are you not willing to change in your leadership philosophy? Those are both very important. Um, so that, that covers emotions. I think emotions can lead us astray. We shouldn't rely on our emotions. We should rely on our values. Also, keep in mind that tactics and trends. Tactics come along, trends come along every day where somebody comes up with a, a great concept or a great book or, and, and they say, if you do this, you'll get this result. Those things fade away. <coughs> Tactics and tricks fade away. They're around for a while. People get hot on them, use them, may make a little progress, but principles don't fade. Principles are the same yesterday, today, and forever. Principles were around 2,000 years ago. 
and they stayed, they've stayed consistent and they're around today. So if you build your leadership philosophy on values and principles, that will maintain. You don't, you don't have to change much. Now, I think, I think it's important to touch on the fact that as we age and change and learn and grow, our philosophy will change a little bit. So we can, we can build a leadership philosophy today and we can reevaluate and, and constantly do, do our polishing and checkups and say, is this a principle that, that I still hold true? And, and is this my value today? I know it was five years ago. I know it was 10 years ago, but we can continue to refine that leadership philosophy. It's okay. I was a much different person when I was 23 than I am today. And my leadership philosophy, I didn't have one when I was 23. That's probably part of the problem. Um, but I'm a lot different than I was when I was 23. I'm 37 now. My leadership philosophy will change by 47. And that's okay because we grow, we mature, we learn. We should be growing, maturing, and learning. You know, if, if people, and I, I've thought about this as we've gone through this series, if people need examples, because I, I, some people, when I talk to them, I have clients, and they say, well, the leadership, I want to be a leader. I want to lead my, my business, my family. Uh, you know, I don't necessarily want to be famous or, or get all this credit, but I want to be a good leader within the group. And if you have doubts about what that entails, uh, over the holidays, I watched, uh, rewatched for probably the hundredth time, the movie Patton. And mm-hmm. if you think about it, George Patton was one of the hard ass, use that word. I mean, he was unbelievably driven and he drove people, but he was consistent. And that's why his men followed him. I mean, did phenomenal things. And I, I get a sense you can get a real understanding that, and there are many, many, many other examples out there. Uh, but you see what being consistent in your philosophy and in your principles it, the message it conveys, and in that case, conveyed to thousands of men being asked to put their lives on the line. And to me, that's one of the great, easy-to-understand stories about building your principles and taking the action you need to be a great leader. Yeah, I agree. We've all, we've all met the person who says, hey, I got this new idea, and I'm running with it, and it's going to be exceptional. And then a week later, you, you meet this person again and says, I threw that idea out, and I've got this brand-new polished-up idea, and it's going to be great. And, and you just wonder if there's any consistency or integrity or if you can rely on that person's word. But when you operate from your core, your values, and build a leadership philosophy around that, you can begin to trust people and people can be, begin to trust you. I just can't imagine sitting here today with you that Patton would take left and right turns every other week changing. Would he ever have gotten to Berlin or wherever the ultimate objective was? Uh, you just don't see that. You're, it's a great example you've offered. Let's talk about processes and tasks. I mean, I'm a very process task-oriented kind of guy. I grew up, was taught firsthand on the ground by my father and others, processes in a family business. But And, and I was guilty of allowing it to overtake or, or emotionally back on that, uh, the, the relationship with my people. Talk to us about that and the dangers and what we can do to avoid it. I think processes, policies, structures are so important, especially if you're going to scale especially if you want to have uh, 10 radio shows versus one. you got to have policies in place to grow. However, you can't let those be number one. Number one has to be your people and your relationships, period. they got to be first because without people and relationships, your policies fall. They're they're exempt. They they, They don't matter because there's no people to put them in place and follow through with them, right? The worst thing that we can do as a leader is when somebody comes to us and say, hey, says, hey, I, I remember you said to do this, but I can't remember. The worst thing that, that uh, we can do is say, hey, why don't you go read that manual 
because I already gave you the manual and you should have read it in the first place. What does that do? That creates distance between the leader and the follower. We should say, okay, and show concern for them. I understand that you don't understand what to do. So I'm going to show you again. I'm going to point this out now. I'm going to make it easy for you and help you and kind of walk you along. Without the people in the relationship, the, follow, the policies and the procedures and manuals, they fall on their face. Nobody, nobody operates them. Yeah, and you make a great point, and it's right there in front of us, and that is, again, something I even personally would say at a young age, being a young leader in my early 20s, uh, given a lot of responsibility, a lot of opportunity, I wish I had developed better skills to, to lead the people and relate directly to the people. And people can tell, right? They can oh, tell boy. when you're concerned about them more than the policy that's been put in place. Yeah. And you know what? As a lead, if, if someone that owns a business, oftentimes it's easier to rely on the policies and procedures, right? It's the black and white right. relationships and with people and building people. Uh, it's it's a little mushy. That's right. You know, and you got to work on it. But when you hit a home run, it really shows through. That's it? that's right. Yeah. Well, let's talk about communications. I mean, to me, the umbrella of all of this is communications. The ability to learn how to be an effective communicator, work on those skills, to me, are probably the key to making all this work. Give us your thoughts on that. Yeah, this is, this is um, you got, you have to overstate communication. You have to overstate communication, especially in the information age that we're in. There are things and, and uh, messages that hit us 24-7. We're overwhelmed and we don't know what to do with all the information. So the importance of communication between the leader and his or her team, the value of that continues to go up and up and up. But let's start out with a baseline. There's a, there's a really interesting idea, and I want to test this with you. But when there's a, a lack of communication, what happens? If, I, if you sent me an email saying, hey, our show consists of this. I need you to be here. I need you to do this, this, and this. We're going to cover these topics. And then you receive nothing back. What, what happened? What, what, what would happen? Well, it just sits there <laughs> unless I restart the communication. And invariably, you start to question what happened, what's wrong, did something fall apart, is he going to show up? The natural tendency for people, for humans, when there's a lack of communication, is to go negative. We automatically go negative. If I have, my, my, I have a friend who lives in Florida, I have a bunch of friends in California. If I don't communicate with those guys or they don't communicate with me every once in a while, I start to think my natural tendency is to think what's wrong. Are they my friend anymore? Why did they stop talking to me? Did I say something last time that we talked? So the baseline for communication is continue to communicate. There should be communication between a leader and his people often, if not weekly, bi-weekly, and sometimes more frequent. So for your directors and, and the people who are out on the front lines, they need to hear from their leader very often because the default is when there's no communication, people go negative, period. You know, it's interesting. That's the default, negativity. That's right. We've got about a minute left, and I know we've got some other things to cover here, but, you know, the, the whole thing about being a leader, and I, I've known a number of people who I appreciate that, to me, were good leaders in their business. Maybe not great. I don't know how you determine good to great, but good leaders that I appreciated, I had contact with. But behind the curtain, they would say, boy, this is a tough job. I mean, it, it's, it's not something that you just – there are natural leaders, yes. That, but if you go behind the curtain with a lot of them, I think you're going to – here when they're off camera, so to speak, this is difficult. Talk about the thanklessness of being a great leader. I think that 
as you step into your leadership role and begin to experience kind of what goes with leadership is you're going to realize that it can be very lonely. It, it, it sometimes feel like it feels like you're an, on an island because uh, a leader is by definition leading. They're out front, right? And they're charging the hill or they're making progress or they're advancing. And sometimes it can feel very lonely because you're out front alone sometimes. So it's very important for leaders to surround themselves with great relationships. There's an old proverb about a leader. And it says, uh, a leader without followers is simply taking a walk. A leader who turns around and sees no followers is simply taking a walk. I think that's really important to remember. You got to constantly, constantly surround yourself with great relationships and you got to build relationships with your people. It's so important. So important. And it's constant, like you mentioned and implied several times. It's every day. Every day. We can't take a vacation, can we? I don't think we should. I think we're <laughs> built for community. Well, and I think that's the truth and that's the heart of it. Well, Terry, I, again, can't thank you enough for taking time to join us and share your thoughts on a very, very, very important topic to business owners, and that's leadership. Uh, you're going to be back next week, part three, final part, leadership philosophy, what's in store for us? There's some really good stuff that I learned from um, Jim Collins from Good to Great. We're going to have some other references to very good leadership books, um, some principles like the principle of the mirror in the window. Um, and like I said, this, all this stuff was around their principles. So we'll talk about where to go for those principles and how to, to kind of wrap up building your leadership philosophy. Well, again, thank you so much. If folks wanted to reach out to you and continue the conversation offline or like to learn more about Vell, what's the best way for them to do it? They can, they can uh, look up Vell, Vell Institute, V-E-L Institute.org, or find us on Facebook, search Vell Institute, or find me on Facebook, Terry Weaver. Well, again, thank you. Uh, folks, we're going to go to our bottom of the hour break. And in the second half of the show, I encourage you, stick with us. We're going to have a recap of our conversation today with Terry on leadership philosophy. And then in our Did You Know segment, Five things businesses can expect during the balance of Trump's at first administration and our wedding best consult tip of the week. How to get them to stay where when it's so easy to leave, maintaining your workforce in times of low employment. So please stay with us. We'll be right back with you. Lone Star Community Radio is looking for those who are interested in hosting their own talk show with monthly and weekly slots available on Conroe's FM 104.5 and 106.1 and on IRLoneStar.com. Start your own podcast, create your first YouTube channel, and be on TV. Contact Lone Star Community Radio online at IRLoneStar.com or call the station message line at 936-647-3776. Hey, Montgomery County and online listeners. Thank you so very much for checking out Jazzy Vibes with Soul. What? You haven't done so yet? Well, you've got to tune in. Hi, I am the host of Jazzy Vibes with Soul, Miss Cece Holmes, and I invite you to check us out every Friday and Saturday from 7 until 9 p.m., where you will get the best in old-school R&B, and, of course, a little smooth jazz to make it jazzy. So tune in. That's right, tune in. Every Friday and Saturday right here on Conroe's 104.5 and 106.1 FM or worldwide at IRLongStar.com.
Does your company have needs that can be met by an employee who is dependable, hardworking, enthusiastic, motivated, cooperative, respectful, and punctual? Conroe Independent School District Special Education Department can meet your needs by connecting you with potential employees that have been preparing for a lifetime of employment. We have numerous individuals seeking paid and unpaid work experiences. If your company is interested in seeing how we can meet your business needs, call Conroe ISD Special Education Department to find the best employees for you at 936-709-7671. Our talk shows and music shows are looking for sponsors. Want to expand your brand awareness? Reach the hyper-local audience in Montgomery County? Lone Star Community Radio sponsorships accomplish this. Want to see our stats and rates? Check out IRLoneStar.com sponsor for more information. Or call in and leave us a message at 936-647-3776 with your questions. Get seen on TV or YouTube and heard on our podcast, FM, and Internet Radio. Sponsor your local radio station with Lone Star Community Radio. Listen in Mondays at noon to hear Conroe news from local nonprofits, businesses, upcoming events, Conroe Park events, news stories, and information that matters to you with your host, Margie Taylor of Taylorized PR. For more information about being a guest, visit IRLoneStar.com slash Conroe Culture. What can the Better Living for Texans program do for you? You can learn how to increase your consumption of fruits and vegetables, choose foods that are relatively inexpensive and good to eat, make your food dollars last longer, prepare quick, nutritious meals, help your children learn how to eat healthier snacks, and much more. Our program is committed to helping people like you improve your health through providing research-based nutrition education in a friendly, cost-free, and relaxed environment. We are Texas A&M AgriLife Extension, helping Texans make their lives better. For those of you who like your partners, your gumbo, and your music salty, well, we're here to help with the music. Julian Shea here, host of Lone Star Country Nights Thursday, your weekly dose of roots and Americana and all the music that makes this part of the country special. We stir in western swing, honky-tonk, zydeco, Texas blues, outlaw country, and put a pinch of red dirt, and then we smoke it over a slow fire. Then listen to the results Thursday nights on Conroe's 104.5 and 106.1 and worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. Welcome back to the Weekly Business Hour. This is Rick Schisler, your host for the Weekly Business Hour. And I want to remind you that a podcast of the show will be posted Facebook, uh, on uh, YouTube, and other social media sites. So if you miss part of the show or you want to share the show with other people on Wednesday of the week, there will be a posting. So I encourage you to uh, take a look. Also, I want to thank again our show sponsor, OneBestConsult.com. That's the number one, BestConsult.com. I want to take a few minutes uh, to talk about our show today and what we talked about with Terry Weaver. I always like to offer a, a recap, perhaps provide some information that you didn't pick up when you were listening, uh, and, and try to bring it to an example of some of the things I may have experienced or my clients may have experienced. And first of all, setting up your leadership philosophy and really coming to understand what it is, this is a very personal process. And recognize that. You can't go read a book, and there are thousands of them, or Terry talked about, you can't listen 
to a seminar or webinar or, or someone else uh, and, and then go out and say, hey, this is going to be my philosophy too. Fred's done a great job. Janice just it makes a lot of sense, and I'm going to follow this this outline. This needs to be a personal process to fit not only your character, uh, your emotional needs, all the things that go into building a philosophy in oneself. This is very personal, so keep that in mind. Secondly, it doesn't need to be difficult. I mean, we talk about a lot of things in these programs, and we're, I mean, Terry is providing you with information. Uh, if you will, it's sort of a guideline to help you go through the process yourself. You may decide there are two or three major issues that you want to address. You know, the kind of thing you write them down on one of those little sticky notes and you stick it on the mirror or on, uh, you know, your a monitor if you have a computer at your desk. And it's just something you remind yourself till it becomes, you know, a habit. At six, seven, eight weeks, they say that you got to keep practicing something. For, and that's how you start building this. So don't, don't make this something that is so difficult that you never get around to it. It's a very simple but an extremely powerful tool that will help you be the leader of the business, which will improve your business, the leader of your family, the leader in your community. And again, you don't have to be the guy that goes out front. Uh, example Terry used, he, and I sort of smiled. I had that image in my mind because I'm here in Texas and near Mexico and the bullfighting in Spain and in the Matador and how brave they are. And they go out there and they wave this red flag and everyone in this arena is just cheering for them. Some, I think, do cheer for the bull. But the point is, don't feel like you've got to be out in the middle with all eyes on you to be a good leader. You can be a good leader of your business, two or three, five employees, your family, your community. You can do things. You can quietly, very humbly do things and still be the good, great leader that we are expected to be. And you can do it by following some of these principles and in addressing some of the issues that Terry's talked about. And the key here to me is, thirdly, don't be afraid to lead. We're all expected to be leaders. Terry believes that. I think if you read the Bible, the great expectation leadership is talked about there indirectly. Uh, Jesus Christ was perhaps the greatest leader in human history. Learn from these people. Learn from these great leaders. George Patton, great movie, a lot of excitement. But take away, say, how can I fit? I'm not Patton. I'm not going to be on a tank. I won't be invading a country and saving the free world. That's great. We only can use so many of those people. Look what ultimately happened to Patton when they couldn't use him anymore. But we can use people day-to-day -day in our communities, leading businesses, leading their families, and helping us build a stronger community. And lastly, the fourth thing I want to touch on is the communication aspect. You've got to communicate. I mean, Terry mentions that, and I have seen some great communicators in my life. And I'm not talking about just great salesmen. I'm talking about people that what they do, how they say it, how they walk, everything they do communicates that they're a good leader in people want to look up to them, want to respect them, want to follow them, want to do whatever it is they're doing. Communication is right there, if you will, the heart of what they're doing. They are communicating to the people around them, their followers, if it be their family or their business or customers or vendors, whoever is following them in life, Sunday school class, whatever, they communicate that I'm a great leader, I have something to offer, and I want you to follow me for this purpose so we can accomplish great things together. So, communicate. If there's one thing you have to learn in this whole process is to be the best communicator you can with the tools that you have. So let's be great communicators and let's develop all of us into good, great leaders. Develop your own philosophy, implement it, use it, and really make a difference in everyone's life around you that you would like to influence and some that you haven't even met that you will influence. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a short break. And when I come back, I'm going to offer you a quick did you know 
read a great article over the weekend, five things that we can expect to happen in the Trump administration for businesses. So please stay with us and I'll go through those as we return. Take care. Did you know that there are over 153 million orphans in the world today? The sad reality is 99% of those kids will likely never be adopted. Core Love is an organization right here in Conroe that takes care of orphan children in Haiti, Honduras, and India. We bring the love of Jesus by providing their six basic needs of clean water, proper food, health care, education, job skills, and a loving home. Visit corelove.org, that's C-O-R-E-L-U-V dot org. Will you help defend the orphan? Lone Star Community Radio is looking for those who are interested in hosting their own talk show. With monthly and weekly slots available on Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and on IRLoneStar.com. Start your own podcast. Create your first YouTube channel and be on TV. Contact Lone Star Community Radio online at IRLoneStar.com or call the station message line at 936-647-3776. Listen in Mondays at noon to hear Conroe news from local nonprofits, businesses, upcoming events, Conroe Park events, news stories, and information that matters to you with your host, Margie Taylor of Taylorized PR. For more information about being a guest, visit IRLoneStar.com slash Culture. Well, welcome back to the Weekly Business Hour, and this is Rick Schussler, and my question to you is, did you know? Well, this segment, I'm going to give you a real quick rundown of something I read this weekend. Great little article by Diana Ransom in Inc. Magazine. Um, She's a features editor there, and it talked about her expectations or what in her crystal ball she sees that is going to happen to business potentially during the last two years of Donald Trump's first administration. And several of these I really agree with, and I want to run through these. First of all, the USMCA, i got to share that acronym, a.k.a. the new NAFTA. USMCA, get ready to see that abbreviation. That's the United States-Mexico-Canada Agreement. So instead of NAFTA, we have USMCA. Pointed out in the article that it appears that USMCA is likely to become law, and we should probably expect that to happen. So if your business is affected directly or indirectly by trade with Mexico and Canada, expect the new uh, trade treaty to be put in place, and you may need to take a look at some of the main points to see what impact, because a lot of businesses, at least indirectly, are affected by this relationship that we have in trade with Canada and Mexico. The regulatory rollback is likely to continue, the second item she pointed out. You know, a lot of people are not really aware, even business people, of the impact that the Trump administration has had in regulatory rollback. In other words, rules that have been determined to not be useful or even harmful have been evaluated and eliminated. And people want to shout and say, well, for every new rule we put in this agency, we've eliminated six. I heard that number the other day. And that's fine and good, but dig down. Try to find some really solid information, not political information, solid information. But there has been some rules that have been rolled back or changed that have had a direct positive impact on the ability to do business, the ability to make your business profitable in so many ways. And the political 
uh, forum, they don't talk about these. They're always about highlights and numbers, and they attack, you attack, they attack. And the news media doesn't report it accurately. They pick the things. You know, it's a mess. There's been some great work. Perhaps next to the court system is perhaps the greatest accomplishment of the Trump administration is the elimination of what I consider useless or non-necessary rules as they impact business. Third thing, get ready. If you're employing minimum wage people or entry-level people coming in the lower wage scale, there is a huge push on, and it's out there. This weekend, there were lots of articles. Apparently, the Democrats have put it on their list of things to do. It's not at the top, but that's to raise the federal minimum wage, something I think at this point is almost a dead issue because so many states and locales have raised their own minimum wages, some way beyond what I think is going to work out for them in the end, and we're already seeing some results on the West Coast where a higher minimum wage that was meant to help people has actually hurt people because it's reduced the number of jobs so people coming into the job force for the first time don't have the opportunities they have. So it's it's a lot more to it than the dollars and cents, and both sides need to really analyze this issue, and perhaps it is one we leave to market forces more so, or perhaps to the locale or the states where you, as a voter, can have more impact on it. Judiciary may play a larger role in business. To me, this is a really speculative issue. You know, we think we put one more person on the Supreme Court of the United States and overnight it's going to change things. It's not going to happen. I mean, it was a tough fight. It was a bruising battle, a battle that I feel should never have happened. I think it's hurt our country as a whole, regardless of which side of the issue you're on. I think we've gone too far politically. But, you know, in some reading I'm doing right now on the life and times of John Marshall, who was our first great chief justice back in the late 17, early 1800s, these kind of political battles took place just like they're happening now. Changes in the media, the ability, uh, the way information, excuse me, is delivered, but the same kind of bruising, no holes barred, uh, that does nothing but tear our country down. That occurred back in the 18, early 1800s, particularly with the election of 1800. So times have not changed. It's always been there, but it really does set a country back. But I think the fact that the business will gain, I mean, ultimately they may gain, but I'm not sure. More important issue, and I want to finish up with this, is the immigration issue. It's an issue that this country, our leaders in this country on both sides of the issue refuse to address. They refuse to compromise. They've reached a point where they can't even talk to each other uh, about the issue. And it's one that needs to be addressed, not just for humanitarian concerns, but for the business, because we're talking about business issues here. And the fact that we need employees, we need people to come in to be learn to be skilled workers, we have a huge shortage developing. And one of the ways to address it is to legally bring people into this country, allow them to immigrate here with skills and train them. And we need to really look at this issue for a lot of reasons, and business is one of them. Well, we're going to take our final break of the day. And when we come back, I look to deliver to you the one best consult tip of the week, how to get them to stay when it is so easy to leave, maintaining your workforce in times of low employment. Please stay with us, and we'll be right back with you. Lone Star Community Radio is looking for those who are interested in hosting their own talk show. With monthly and weekly slots available on Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and on IRLoneStar.com. Start your own podcast, create your first YouTube channel, and be on TV. Contact Lone Star Community Radio online at IRLoneStar.com or call the station message line at 936 647 3776. 
Welcome back. This is the final segment of the Weekly Business Hour, and I'm Rick Schistler, and I, first of all, I want to thank you for joining our show today. We just got a few minutes to wrap it up here, and I want to mention to you in my tip of the week about how to maintain your employees, how to keep them working for you and not go somewhere else when the opportunities with such low employment. We've talked about this issue off and on for the last year, uh, maybe too much, but you know, I keep hearing personal stories from clients and other people in the small business community that they're losing workers to opportunities to higher wages, more benefits. I mean, it is becoming so competitive out there for the best workers, and that is the people that you want to keep, the best worker. Whether you have one or you have 500 or 5,000 employees, keeping the best people, in my opinion, needs to be the focus. First of all, I've got several things I want to share with you, and the first one is set a primary goal for your business, if you haven't done it already, to focus on employment engagement. Engage with your employees. Communicate with them. Terry Weaver talked about leadership and constantly communicate, communicate, communicate. The same holds true is having a communication plan or effort or an attitude, whatever it takes, to constantly communicate for other uh, with your employees, particularly, again, looking to maintain those best employees. Three ideas. Review all your employees on a regular basis. I'm not talking about it just a review for a raise. Make sure you know what's going on and how they're progressing. The more folks you have, the harder it is to do, but there are systems out there where you can get assistance within the organization through HR, or you can outsource depending on how big you are. But the key point is you want to keep up that communication. If you want to keep good employees, you've got to cut the deadwood loose. You've got to focus on that. Again, we're focusing on keeping good people, which means bad people need to go. Because if they don't, and I've seen this happen so many times in my career, you lose the best person or you lose their interest because you kept someone around because they were your brother-in-law or maybe they thought they were. Cut loose that dead wood and look for ways to incentivize your uh, workers in your company. And some ideas, after-hour gatherings, uh, family-oriented events, they take a lot of work on your part, take a lot of thought, but typically they don't cost a lot of money. Family holiday parties. Time off to take care of personal needs. No hassles. Don't make people afraid to ask for time off, particularly if they've got a good reason to do it. Consider these points. There are a lot of others. We'll talk about them in the future. We need to close out today's show, and I want to ask you to put a note on your calendar for next Monday, 11 o'clock. Terry Weaver will be back for the final episode in a part three series, our Soup to Nuts conversation on leadership philosophy. And again, look for a podcast of today's show on the Weekly Business Hour page either at IRLoneStar.com, OneBestConsult.com, Facebook, YouTube. It's out there. Please take a look and share it. And I want to thank you for joining us. Remember, stay in touch with what's happening here in Montgomery County all the time right here on Lone Star Community Radio. And until next week, stay engaged and keep your focus on what counts in your business. 